Welcome to the Imposter Syndrome Terminator podcast. My name is Ines Padar, and I'm a spiritual mindset and business coach. The goal of this podcast is to help you use the full power of your subconscious mind to ditch imposter syndrome, raise your vibration, unlock the doors to abundance, and grow a low stress and high income business. So let's get started. So welcome to a new episode of the Imposter Syndrome Terminator podcast. And today I'm going to tell you six ways imposter syndrome might be affecting your income. So when it comes to imposter syndrome, it not only affects how we feel, uh, like feeling like a fraud, feeling like an imposter, feeling like we don't know enough, that we're not qualified enough, but it also directly impacts our income. And the trap or the problem with this is that we sometimes misdirect our efforts or attention on strategies or things that could be tweaked or optimized rather than looking at the deeper causes of why abundance or clients are not flowing into our business or life the way we want. And very often it is linked to imposter syndrome. So today we're just going to go through six ways or six factors um, in which imposter syndrome affects your income. So number one, we're not going to waste any time. Number one, spending a lot of money on certification and diplomas we don't necessarily need. So this is especially the case, not only, but especially the case when we are in the earlier stages of our business, when we don't have established ourselves yet in the way we want to establish ourselves and in that kind of time frame or zone where we are in limbo right maybe we just got started maybe we've been in the game for a while some things have been working some things have not quite been working we might have clients or not and there is this underlying feeling hey if I knew more if I got that extra diploma or extra qualification I would make more money. It would be easier for me to attract more clients. I would be more confident. I could put myself out there with more ease. Maybe people would be invest, uh, willing to invest more in my programs, etc. So the natural thing to do is to think, okay, I'm feeling like a fraud. Maybe I'm feeling like the dumbest person in the room, which I definitely felt when I was in the bank or at uni. And the logical answer to alleviate that problem or that feeling is, getting more certifications, getting more training and increasing our knowledge. The tricky thing with that is that when imposter syndrome makes us feel like we're not good enough, we're not qualified enough, it's an inner feeling, right? It's something that is in our mind, in our system, in our body, and trying to alleviate that feeling with outer stuff. So trying to fix an inner feeling of not feeling good enough or not feeling like we know enough with outer stuff like certifications or diplomas never works. And you've probably been there where you get certified in X and you're super excited during the process, really happy. And there is this expectation that when we arrive at the end of the program and certification or when we actually get certified, we're going to feel good. We're going to feel confident and it's all going to be rainbows and unicorns kind of thing. And then we get there and then it varies. Sometimes we have this kind of blissful feeling or happy feeling or we feel relieved for a while, for a few days, a few weeks, and very often not at all. And sometimes it's even worse because we have 
basically uh, come to the top, come to the end of that degree or certification we've been working hard for. And there was this expectation that we will finally feel good enough or that we know enough. And instead of that, the exact opposite happens. It just doesn't change anything. And again, that's because not feeling good enough or not feeling that we are qualified enough is an inner feeling that very often has absolutely nothing to do with how qualified we are. I've had so many clients who had master's degrees, PhDs, countless diplomas and certifications, sometimes up to 5, 10, 15, and they have spent thousands and even more, tens of thousands of dollars in these things and spend years in training all to still not feel good enough or qualified enough or still feeling that they're not legitimate or that they aren't an expert enough. So the first way that imposter syndrome affects our income is spending a lot of money on certification and diplomas we don't actually need because what happens when we do that is that not only do we kind of waste a significant amount of money on stuff that never alleviates the feeling, but while we are learning and while we are training, we're actually not putting ourselves out there or not to the extent that we could. Now, there is a small, kind of short, small disclaimer that, of course, if we need certification X to do what we want to do, if it's a legal requirement, or if we really feel that it's going to improve our business, like, go for it. I'm not here to tell you, go out there without any qualifications. But there is a difference between having the the knowledge we need um, to do X, Y, Z, and then getting more from a place of fear or from a place of not feeling good enough and trying to alleviate that feeling with another diploma. So that's aspect number one. And now aspect number two that kind of logically follows number one is undercharging. Undercharging is so, so, so frequent in people who experience imposter syndrome. And that definitely used to be my case because there is all of this chatter that goes through our mind of all of the reasons why we cannot charge more. So for example, we feel that other people know more than us and therefore can charge more, or maybe we think that we don't have enough experience to be charging more, or we feel like a fraud or an imposter and that we are not an expert, and that because we are not an expert, we don't really have a right to be charging what we want to be charging, or we are worried that we don't know enough to get our clients the results they wish or they want when investing in a program or an offer. All of these things will lead to undercharging, right? So even if we have all of the qualifications we need, even if we know that we can help someone, if imposter syndrome is showing up up in our mind, saying stuff like, who are you to charge amount X? Or just look around. You just got started and people around you who've been in the game for 10 years or are charging the same than you were thinking of charging. How dare you? Blah, 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 blah. And The amount you charge has nothing to do, like the amount you decide to charge, what is relevant and what is not relevant has nothing to do with how qualified you are. So you can have someone who's super qualified, who's extremely advanced on kind of a technical aspect, technical um, side. They have a lot of knowledge. They have a lot of expertise on a technical level. But what is going to make any service provider great at what they they do is practical experience, right? It's like you don't become an excellent sports coach by reading sports coaching books. You become an excellent sports coach by coaching teams, 
seeing what works, seeing what doesn't work and involving your method or your skills bit by bit, day by day, team by team. The exact same goes with coaches, therapists, and basically any service provider. What really helped me become a better coach and a better therapist and someone who can help people with imposter syndrome is not reading a bunch of stuff on imposter syndrome online. It's actually working with people and seeing how imposter syndrome affected them, how it came up, the kind of the subtleties or intricacies of how imposter syndrome messes up with our subconscious mind and conscious mind and being kind of on the field and working with real people who had real problems. And that is what really increases our skill set. So how much expertise you feel you have or don't have is absolutely not relevant in how much you decide to charge. What is relevant when it comes to charging or putting an investment tag or price tag on a program is the result that the person will get. And that's it. (laughs) That's pretty much it. My mind was going in another direction because I was thinking of two things at the same time. But basically the one thing, and I talk about this a lot in my abundance magnet program, um, the only thing you need with regards to your client is being two steps ahead. So if you are two steps ahead of your clients, logically there is two steps behind you, duh. And if they are, that means that you have knowledge, information, and skills that they don't have because they're two steps behind you, right? That kind of solves it all. And because you are two steps ahead, you have what it takes to help that specific person get more of what they want. Now, does that mean that you are the person who knows the most in your field? Absolutely not. And does that mean that other people in your field are not ahead of you? No, it doesn't mean that. But that's completely irrelevant. I can never compare myself to people like Tony Robbins. And Tony Robbins in the mindset game is probably... 5, 10, 100, 1 million steps ahead of me. And that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because some people who are two steps behind me will resonate more with me and be able to connect with me much more than they can connect with Tony Robbins. And other people can connect with him much more than they can connect or identify with me. So wherever you are in your business, in your journey, and how much experience you have in the business you have, It doesn't matter. There will always be people who are two steps behind you and who need the skills, knowledge, information, and basically what you can offer in this point in time. And these people want a specific solution, and that's the solution that you're charging for. And an example I use very often that kind of helps to put all this into perspective is if you went to a knee surgeon and the knee surgeon happens to have several master's degrees and maybe a few PhDs did uh, prestigious research, research in the best universities and Ivy League universities in the US, but doesn't have a lot of practical experience and decided to move from research to surgery later on, would you rather have your knee operated by a surgeon who has very little technical practice, but a ton of diplomas and prestigious research, or would you have would rather be operated by a surgeon who doesn't come from the best university maybe, and who just basically had the basic training that you need to be an e-surgeon, which is already many, many years, but who has an excellent track record of people regaining full function and mobility after their operation with him or her, right? You want the person that gets you results and how much certification they have or don't have is actually not relevant as long as you focus on the results. So that was point number two, undercharging. That's one of the ways imposter syndrome affects our income pretty obviously. Now, number three is not taking action or kind of lingering in procrastination. Obviously, 
it's going to be difficult to attract more clients, make more money if we are not doing anything or if we're spending a significant portion of our day or week in the procrastination train. So there is basically one way to make money in your business and that way is getting clients, right? And of course you can have passive passive funnels, passive products, but it all comes down to increasing the amount of clients you have or increasing the amount of purchases. And to get clients, we need to put ourselves out there and, and this is an important end, let people know that we have an offer that could be, that is available to them, right? It's something to be out there on social media and post content or go to networking events um, and kind of be visible. It's another thing to let people know that we have an offer um, that could, that they could benefit from. The thing is, when imposter syndrome is living rent-free in our mind, it makes us doubt. It stops us from talking about our offer. It, it, it makes us read more books instead of getting practical experience. And it kind of makes us spend more time on perfecting our website or working on our Canva folder or reorganizing our Google Drive rather than making focusing on money-making activities. And again, that is a very, very normal thing been there, done that back in October 2019, which is uh, which was when I still had my face-to-face business, my therapy face-to-face business that didn't really go anywhere. I had this offer in my mind that I really want, wanted to sell. It was a one-month program combining like several therapies, alternative therapies to help people with XYZ. But I felt so cringy and imposter syndrome was so bad that there was this voice in my head that said, you cannot talk about that offer. Who are you? Look at how much you're charging and you're going to, uh, what if you take people's money? And what if, what if, what if? A bunch of chatter that didn't really make any sense. I mean, it made sense because I hadn't worked on myself um, on the subconscious, uh, on the imposter syndrome level. But there was this kind of feeling that I was ripping people off, which looking back makes no sense because it was very clear what was included and what was not. And people had no obligation to invest if they didn't want to, right? But because I had those feelings and because imposter syndrome was there, I never talked about the program. Or if someone did ask about the program, I would say, oh, so I have this one month program and it includes this and that, and it's awesome. And then I would try to change the topic or move the conversation away because I felt so cringy. And even if I was smiley and kind of pretended to be confident, it's an energetic thing. People will feel it. Same goes for online. When we have imposter syndrome and we don't fully believe in our ability to help people, or there is this chatter in our mind saying, hey, well, your program is great, but it would be better if you got certification XYZ. It's going to be very difficult to actually put ourselves out there and talk about our offer the way we need to talk about it, meaning repeatedly, right? And when imposter syndrome is reliving wrench-free in our mind, it's also going to make like delay all of the actions towards money-making activities. So talking about our offer, sending those emails, et cetera. And we basically hang out in not taking action and procrastination, which obviously is going to affect our income as well. Now, point number four, visibility. Visibility, visibility is one of these huge things where imposter syndrome can really, really interfere. 
Because when we feel like a fraud, when we feel like an imposter, it is so much more difficult to show up authentically as we feel and are and talk about what we talk about because we worry that we don't know enough. So how many times have I heard amazing clients in some of my programs, um, amazing students, audience members, friends saying, yeah, well, I'm passionate about topic XYZ. So I'm passionate about, um, I don't know, relationships or I'm passionate about um, nutrition or how to help parents with their children. But I feel that if I post something on Facebook or Instagram or any social media platform, people already know what I'm going to say, or they're going to judge me and say, well, who is she to talk about this? Or they're going to think, duh, that was so obvious. So they have this really strong feeling that they basically don't really have anything to bring to the table, that all of the stuff they want to talk about, all of the topics and information and knowledge they want to share about what they're passionate about, everyone out there already knows it, right? Or everyone out there is going to think, hey, like, who are you to come here and talk about that as if you are an expert when you obviously aren't? And of course, all of this could not be further from the truth. It's just an inner dialogue that feels really true, but is not. And of course, obviously, when that's the narrative going on in our mind, it's going to be very difficult to make ourselves visible, right? Or we are visible, but we feel we can't be ourselves because we feel like a fraud. So we're not fully ourselves. Maybe we kind of look around at peers or colleagues who do something kind of similar, and we kind of show up like them because maybe if they're doing it and they're experts, we should do it too. We hold back. Maybe we're a bit plain vanilla or content is a bit basic, a bit cookie cutter, and people can't relate and connect to us or with us as much as they need to um, to become a client, right? Because people invest in people. People don't really invest in a product. They invest in both a solution. They invest in you as a person because they know, they like, they trust you. They can connect with you at an emotional level. But obviously, if we are not putting ourselves out there or if, if we are half putting ourselves out there or if we are not really being ourselves because we feel that we don't know enough or ourselves are not, is not an expert enough, it's not going, just the vibration of it, the energy of it is not going to be authentic and people can feel that. What I've also seen is people hide behind posts, never showing their face or not doing videos, which is not a catastrophe, but it kind of is. So I want to be nuanced here. I've seen some people who don't really post really any content showing their face or doing videos. Can they get clients? Yes, they can. But most of them are very good at manifestation. So they kind of attract from the quantum field. But in general, if we don't show ourselves, if we don't show our personality, if we don't do videos, growing a business using social media platforms is going to just take a hundred times more time than it would if we were ourselves and showing up as we truly want to show up. And last but not least, I had a third point I wanted to talk about, but I can't really remember. Yeah, just circling back to that point of no one is going to learn anything from me. Like everything I have to say, people out there already know it. This is the biggest fallacy. It's completely uh, an imposter syndrome lie. You know way more than you think you know, number one. And number two, there is this subconscious bias where when you know amount X about the topic, just in terms of algorithm, 
whatever social media platform you're using is going to show you more of that same content because the algorithm is meant to show you stuff that you're interested in. And because of that, it's very likely that you see content from peers, from people who do the same, from people who have the same interests. And that creates a bias in our mind where we basically think that everybody around us knows about the topic, is interested in the topic, maybe knows more about the topic, when in fact there is an ocean of literally 7.6 billion people who have absolutely no clue <laughs> about your topic and who need that information. So indeed, the people who need the information or would be interested in would probably be not probably not be 7.6 billion, less than that. But anyhow, many, many people, thousands or millions of people out there actually don't know what you know, are two steps behind you and need you to share that information, right? So just because a lot of people around you have similar interests doesn't mean that the rest of the world does. And that is kind of a concrete example I can give you is when I was in finance, studying finance for six years. So that was quite a while in my bachelor and master's degree in finance. Um, all of my friends were from university or a lot of my friends or the people I spent a lot of time with were from university. There were also my flatmates, but they were at the same university and they studied basically the same topic. So when I was in that circle, it's really easy for me to think that everybody knows what I know and most likely everybody else is smarter and is more interested and more interesting and has better knowledge than me. The reality is that that was a bias caused by the fact that I was always hanging out at a university, at the library, at the university gym with university friends and university flatmates. So of course, I'm going to feel that everybody around me knows this stuff because it's true, but that is not representative of the, the world out there, right? When I came back home on weekends and saw friends who didn't study the same thing as me, they had no clue what I was talking about, even when I mentioned stuff that for me was very basic. And that is circling back to your case you know amount X on a specific subject and other people know amount X on a specific subject around you, but the general population probably doesn't. And that's the people you need to have in mind when you make yourself visible and put yourself out there. You are speaking to people who are two steps behind you, not people who already know stuff. Now, point number five, we compare ourselves to other people and we don't follow our gut. And of course, that is also going to affect our income because when we don't follow our intuition, when we don't do what our gut is telling us to do, we are out of alignment. And that is one of the imposter syndrome vicious circle where when we feel like a fraud in our field or in whatever business or job we have, we are going to look around um, towards people we admire or colleagues that we think are more qualified or better, have more knowledge, etc. And we're kind of going to emulate a bit more of what they do because in our mind, they, they are the role model that knows, right? But when we emulate other people, of course, that we're not going to be fully ourselves. And when we are not ourselves, we start feeling like a fraud towards our true self, that's something that not many, many people talk about, but we basically feel like a fraud. So we look around at what other people are doing. We do stuff a bit more like them, but then we feel like a fraud towards ourselves, just reinforcing the entire imposter syndrome feeling, making it even worse. So then we even we want to turn to other people even more. And it's a vicious 
circle. And when you kind of don't follow your intuition because imposter syndrome is making you doubt, making you feel that maybe you shouldn't do this, shouldn't do that, you don't know enough, and you don't follow your gut and you kind of look at what other people are doing, even if it doesn't feel good, we step out of alignment, we do what doesn't feel good, and we step out of alignment. Deep down, we are not doing what we truly want to be doing, and that is a manifestation deal breaker, right? So there was this quick example. Uh, In the very beginning, when I started my online business in March 2020, March or April 2020, um, I had heard from a lot of peers who did mindset that Um, And looking back, it was so stupid because many people never do that. I don't know. I was biased by some people around me who said, oh, you kind of need to have some sort of guarantee on your one-on-one program. Uh, If you want to sell high ticket, people need a guarantee to feel that their money is safe, blah, blah, blah. And I felt so bad about this guarantee thing because for me, it was the dumbest thing ever. Like if you want someone to change and if you want someone to get results when they invest in a one-on-one program on mindset, they need to want it and they need to kind of meet you halfway and kind of make it happen. So if they if they, they have a guarantee, they basically have an exit door to not do the work. And I knew that. And so I had the guarantee on my website for maybe one or two weeks. And deep down, it felt so bad that I'm pretty sure I repelled anyone from booking a discovery call because I just didn't want to do that. And as soon as I was like, screw the guarantee, this is nonsense, we moved it from the website, people started to book discovery calls and this is no coincidence. So when we compare ourselves so we don't feel following our intuition, we step out of alignment and that is a client and abundance repelling machine. Now, last but not least, undermining your achievements. So this is kind of imposter syndrome 101 is we take full responsibility for our failures, but completely dismiss our achievements, right? So how many times have you successfully done something? So you got that degree, maybe you completed a bachelor or a master's degree, you got certified in X, you started this, you were successful at that. And then you dismiss the achievement by saying, oh, I just got lucky or, oh, that was normal, or, well, everybody else did it too, so that's not much of a big deal. But when something doesn't go our way, we blame ourselves and beat beat ourselves up, right, which is completely illogical. Why would you undermine your achievements or take no responsibility for your achievements, but then take full responsibilities for failures or drawbacks or setbacks? And when we do that, when we don't attribute our own success to ourselves, but rather we attribute success to kind of being normal or external circumstances or luck, it also means that we don't really believe in ourselves or in our ability, or you kind of feel like a fraud because we never have the confidence and reassurance that we produce that positive outcome. And that can sabotage us because it will either create some sort of plateau or even decrease our income in the future. So let's say that you've successfully got your first high ticket client, which is amazing, or first client altogether, or your 10 first clients, or you've done your your first launch and it was super fantastic, or any big achievement in your business. And instead of celebrating the success and being like, game on, I did this, let's do it again. the the, The thoughts that pop up in our mind is, well, what if I got lucky? What if I got lucky? Maybe it was my coach. My coach is great. I couldn't have done it with him without him or her. Um, 
maybe I did it once, but I don't think it's going to happen again. When we hold these thoughts in our mind, and when we feel those feelings, more importantly, we can only manifest an e an outcome equal to those thoughts and feelings. Meaning that if we say, "Oh, I just got lucky. I don't. I can't do this again. Or it was thanks to my coach. If I don't have a coach, I can't successfully launch." This is exactly what we're going to manifest in the future. So either we're going to put like a cap or plateau on our achievements and limit ourselves instead of expanding. Or worse, if we feel really bad and if we really feel that we're a fraud and that we just got lucky, it's really likely that we're going to sabotage ourselves completely subconsciously in the future and repel a similar outcome that we're completely capable of doing, right? So maybe you've you've had like, I don't know, a 50K launch and it's all fun and games and you're super happy, but there, then very fast, there's this chatter that says like, this is complete luck. I don't deserve this. How did I even do this? A bunch of people who've been in the game so much longer don't have 50K launches. Who am I too? And then that is recipe, for disaster. It's recipe for sabotaging your next launch. I've seen it done countless times because again, what we manifest in our life is basically a reflection of our beliefs, thoughts, feelings, and the chatter we have in our mind. So to summarize what we covered today, the six ways imposter syndrome affects your income is number one, spending a bunch of money on certifications and diplomas we don't actually need and delaying taking action, right? So not only do we spend money on stuff that doesn't alleviate imposter syndrome, but in addition to that, instead of just getting started with the business, we can spend anything between a few few weeks to a few years in training instead of actually putting ourselves out there. Number two, undercharging. Undercharging because we don't feel good enough, because we don't feel like we are an expert enough, comparing ourselves to other people who've been in the game longer, etc., which is obviously going to affect our, in- our income. Number three, not taking action, riding the procrastination bus. And obviously, when we don't take action or when we procrastinate and when we don't focus on money-making activities, but we kind of... We kind of um, hang out in the safe zone of redoing the website instead of talking about our offer, it's obviously going to affect our income. Number four, visibility. So either not making ourselves fully visible through videos, etc., or not really being authentic um, and showing up the way we want to show up because we are afraid of judgment or we are afraid that we don't know enough is also going to affect our ability to connect with our audience or connect with people and attract people to an offer. Number five, comparing ourselves to other and not following our intuition, which very often um, worsens imposter syndrome and puts us out of alignment. And when we are out of alignment, it's much harder to manifest. And number six, undermining our achievements, feeling we just got lucky and not really taking responsibility for a success, which can lead to plateauing or sabotage or just manifesting stuff that is as good as our thoughts and feelings of imposter syndrome and feeling that we don't deserve it or that we just got lucky. So this is it for today. I hope that this episode was helpful. It's patterns that I've both experienced myself or that I've seen numerous time in clients. 
who were kind of feeling stuck in terms of attracting more abundance, who were doing everything right on a technical level. The funnels were there, the strategy was there, the business was done right, but something was still keeping them stuck. And very often it was one of these things. And once you identify, and if even if you can identify with some of them or all of them, and part of your mind is like, holy guacamole, like, where do I go from there? There was a saying uh, that each time you uncover a limiting belief or you become aware of a pattern, you basically have a new opportunity for abundance, right? Because you just successfully identify something that was closing the door to abundance, meaning you can now change that pattern. So congratulations. Now, if you want to do it the easy way, if you want to rewire your subconscious mind while you're sleeping, and if you want to smash imposter syndrome directly at the subconscious level, and being open to receiving abundance and increasing your ability to manifest and receiving abundance, I have an amazing free hypnosis recording that will do exactly that. It's in the description of this podcast episode, and you can also find it at www.inespadar.ch slash abundance recording in one word on my website. So thank you so much for tuning in today. If you like this episode, share it with a friend uh, that you feel could like it too. And I will see you next time. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's podcast. Now, if you want to experience the full power of your subconscious mind to manifest more abundance and more clients towards you while you sleep, I've got a gift for you the Abundance Hypnosis Recording. It will help you let go of imposter syndrome and money blocks directly at the subconscious level and rewire your mind to energetically attract and manifest more abundance in clients. This recording has already helped thousands of women let go of deep-seated limiting beliefs and negative blueprints they didn't even know they had. And all you have to do is go to inaspadar.ch slash abundance recording in one word And of course, all of this is in the show notes. So see you next time on the Imposter Syndrome Terminator podcast.